Hello and welcome to a new episode of Forum GovTech Europe, the podcast that fosters the debate on the relationship between government and technology in Europe and beyond. I'm your host Simon and today I'm talking to Sofia Silva Caballido, who's currently working as GovTech project lead at the Public Tech Lab in Madrid. Sofia has experience at the intersection of political science and new technologies. In the private sector, she advised Fortune 500 corporations on how to transform and optimize their internal innovation strategy. She managed ad-tech projects on entrepreneurship and collaborated in the organization of the South Summit Forum, the largest entrepreneurship event in Southern Europe. Sophia holds an executive education in digital transformation in government from Harvard Kennedy School and has an academic background in international relations from the IE University and a specialization in entrepreneurship and innovation from the University of Southern California. We talked about GovTech in Spain and Latin America and her work for the Public Tech Lab. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And now without further ado, my episode with Sofia. Hello and welcome to another episode of Forum GovTech Europe. Today I have a very interesting guest right from Spain. Her name is Sofia Silvia Carballido, um, joining from the IE Public Tech Lab in Madrid. Um, hello, Sofia. Thank you very much for being here today. Thank you for your time. Could you um, yeah, introduce yourself and tell us a bit how you ended up working in GovTech? Well, first of all, thanks, Simon, for having me. My name is Sofia Silva. I work as project lead at the Public Tech Lab based at IE University in Madrid. And we are the first academic center in Europe and Latin America working in the GovTech space. Um, the story about how I got to where I'm at starts by me being interested in how the world works and global sociopolitical and economic dynamics. I was brought up in a very international environment, being a dual citizen, Spanish and American myself. So I decided to graduate from international relations at IE University and give it a try at exploring how change happens in the world. I worked at the Spanish Foreign Ministry, European Parliament and United Nations models and expanded my academic background with studies in behavioral economics and diplomacy at LSE and Brown University. Um, nonetheless, here comes the plot twist. Um, as an extremely curious and driven person, I craved exploring the tech industry at some point um, since it's extremely dynamic and active and fast paced and decided to specialize in innovation and business technology at University of Southern California and uh, also working in, in advising Fortune 500 corporations on how to transform and optimize their internal innovation strategy. Um, and with startups as well. So um, after all of this, um, at this point, I was committed to finding a way to, mer to merge both worlds. And I truly believe that um, in, the, in the potential and need for, for technology in the public sector, as well as being an area with, with great room for new work and impact. So I decided to pursue our career at this intersection And this was right around the time that GovTech was emerging in Spain and that the lab was founded. Okay, great. That was a yeah, very interesting journey and fascinating insights. So I really like to ask every guest um, up front what their personal, personal definition of GovTech is. It's like a fairly new term, so there's a lot of definitions out there and people have varying opinions on it. So um, yeah, Sophia, could you tell me what is your personal definition of GovTech and why do you think that it's relevant? 
Mm, well, like in any emerging field, there's a lot of different perspectives and approaches on the matter. But I personally stand by the definition of GovTech as an approach to public sector modernization built around an ecosystem of startups and digital SMEs that leverage both data and technology to offer solutions to public sector challenges. Um, I think this definition is relevant because it places an emphasis on where the technological solutions come from. It defines GovTech beyond just government technology, which could come from the corporations or consulting firms, and makes the case as to why these solutions should come from startups and digital SMEs in order to modernize the public sector. So it shed lights on matters like agile working cultures, public procurement for smaller tech ventures, uh, market shaping public institutions, economic development, and so on. Um, and what I find most interesting is that under the umbrella of this definition, the GovTech ecosystem becomes a great space for governments and public servants to assimilate the knowledge that um, these digital startups, scale-ups and SMEs have long been incorporating, which are agile and digital. Um, because startups are iterative, they're obsessed with and driven by their end user, they have reduced benchmarks, they contribute to talent development and digital skills, and give great importance to co-creation logics in their business models. And that is just exactly what governments need to do right now. Um, so they can also shed lights on the skills and capacities that government officials need to acquire. Yes, and I think you're doing a great job with this at the IE Public Tech Lab in Madrid. Could you tell us a bit about your work there, what it is and what you exactly do? My work and the rest of the teams uh, is to support governments in bringing big ideas around government transformation down to tangible real work on the ground. Now, <laughs> what does this mean? It means that uh, government transformation is something very difficult for governments to be doing alone. In fact, 80% of public sector reforms fail to meet their objectives and the very people working to transform government from the inside, the so-called public innovators, constantly encounter barriers such as insufficient incentives uh, or support for innovation or no space for experimentation in the current world culture. And on top of that, we must not forget that governments face increasingly complex challenges like increasing inequality or significant demographic changes. And that these challenges demand a whole new set of solutions that are based on technology or new ways of problem solving that do not fit in the current working culture or skill set of public servants. So we support public institutions in their transformation, fostering their adaptation to global challenges and always placing citizens' needs at the core. And we do this in three different ways. The first way we do it is through the development of the capacity for change in the public sector. So this means with hands-on training and adaptation to methodologies, to ensure that innovative processes work in the public space. And uh, we also design public innovation ecosystems to tackle public challenges, working with startups, institutions, and digital talents in open innovation and internal innovation processes. And lastly, we build GovTech ecosystems to share knowledge and move the GovTech agenda forward at an international level. Very interesting. And I mean, since you are an expert on the ground, basically, could you tell us a bit about the Spanish GovTech ecosystem in general? How is it developing and maybe mention some successful examples? The GovTech ecosystem in Spain is uh, still incipient, but has great potential for growth. 
It is the most active ecosystem in Ibero-America and sits on the first place of the Ibero-American GovTech Index. Um, and we're seeing an exciting activation of actors both on the demand side and the supply side of the ecosystem. So if we look at the demand side, just over the past year, we have seen the Spanish national government include uh, GovTech laboratories as a measure in the, in the national digital agenda. We have also seen the launch of uh, GovTech Lab Madrid, which is the first GovTech laboratory in Ibero-America, which has already launched five pilots in five different city councils in the region. Um, and we have also seen the creation of a GovTech unit in Madrid City Council and some other open innovation projects in other regions like the Basque Country. So it's an exciting um, ecosystem to watch for. Um, and on the supply side, if we talk about startups, over the past two years, we have seen an increase in the number of startups that are entering the B2G market. So that's business to government market, identifying over 300 startups in Ibero-America working in GovTech. And we pulled together a list of the top 100 startups um, in, in the Ibero-America region. And just out of those, 70% um, of them were already working with public institutions. Um, so this is also interesting. And we have also seen some moves in GovTech investment from investment funds like Kiva Ventures, Ciaya Ventures, or corporations and accelerators like Wire Telefonica, Airbus, Seed Rocket, or Google Campus. So we see there's a lot happening in Spain already and in Latin America as well. You just mentioned it. Could you give us some insights into how the IE Public Tech Lab is active in developing ecosystems in Latin America and what exactly is happening over there? Um, it's a bit different to what Spain, to what the Spanish ecosystem looks like. Um, in most countries in Latin America, there are currently only a small number of startups working in the GovTech space. This is perhaps to be expected because um, there is a limited availability of venture capital and adequate uh, funding for GovTech. And there is also a lack of GovTech policymaking in most countries, such as uh, national GovTech strategies or public GovTech funds. And there's also a component of uh, corruption in procurement practices. Nonetheless, we are seeing an international, uh, we're seeing international organizations like the Inter-American Development Bank or the Latin American Development Bank invest in the region. Um, and they're investing in GovTech knowledge generation, like the GovTech Index, or activating startup networks with activities like the GovTech Venture Day. Um, and also just over the last year, we have seen the birth of new public innovation laboratories in Argentina, Colombia, and Peru. Right, so there's a lot happening in Latin America as well. Maybe now taking a step back even and uh, looking at GovTech ecosystems in general, how can we create better GovTech ecosystems and what are the key building blocks if a country wants to produce exceptional GovTech ventures and solutions? Let's uh, start with how governments can build this ecosystem and later talk about how we can improve it. So um, GovTech ecosystems are built around a startup industry, government policies, and procurement systems. And I would say that there are four building blocks they must be built on. Uh, the first one is vision and political support. The second one is an understanding of GovTech as a gradual process where new instruments and policies are explored. The third one is an interest from local governments to understand and support the interest of all actors within the ecosystem, and that includes research and development or funding. 
And the last one and fourth one, it's an activation of previous investments to leverage existing resources, policies, or activities. Now, um, this is not necessarily a logical step-by-step -step process. So uh, territories have to analyze where they stand in regards to these and set a strategy to activate the actors in the ecosystem and also evaluate how they can adapt their internal operations and processes and identify specific areas and projects to work on. And the best GovTech ecosystems come from having done a really good job in working on these building blocks, um, no matter if they're local, regional, or national. And I think it is because um, really, it's only then that there is fertile soil for GovTech ventures to emerge and prosper, because you can't really expect to create exceptional ventures without an interested and qualified government client funding or the appropriate procurement mechanisms for growth. All right, and now maybe to finish the conversation, um, broader question, um, focusing a bit on the US, what do you think is the Biden-Harris administration going to mean in terms of tech policy and in particular on digital government in the United States? Um, if we look at their past uh, trajectory, Harris in particular has a good understanding of what an effective digital government is and has advocated for technology and digital transformation in government. Um, what does this mean? Uh, I think it means that she's tech savvy. She has previously supported capacity building for digitalization, and she has already actively worked on key components of digital government. Um, and when I say that she's tech savvy, um, just to give you a little explanation on to why I say this, I don't know if, if you remember Mark Zuckerberg's Senate hearing back in 2018, when the seemingly tech literacy of the chair of the Senate went viral. Well, um, Harris was there and her questioning was sharp, um, diving into matters of data privacy and transfer, user notification regarding data breaches and platform competition also. So she is familiar with these topics. Um, also, when I say that she has previously supported capacity building for digitalization, which is crucial for government transformation, it's because she sponsored the um, Digital Service Services Act back in 2019. Um, this was a bill that stipulated that 50% of the funds at the local and state level of government should be spent on hiring digital savvy staff. And this was a great way to upskill digitally local service by setting up mixed teams of civil servants and technologists. And lastly, when, uh, when we talk about uh, her working on key components of digital government, um, she has supported initiatives like open data, um, back in 2015, as Attorney General of California, she launched a criminal justice open data initiative uh, that was called Open Justice um, to release key data on the state criminal justice system in an interactive, user-friendly format. Um, and she also supported Obama's Open Government Partnership. So I think we can expect a positive outlook for digital government under the Biden-Harris administration. The extent of it, of course, over the four years, we have yet to see. But the administration has already shown political commitment to fund government transformation. Um, they have assigned $9 billion to the U.S. Cybersecurity Agency and U.S. General Services and $200 million to hire experts to support the U.S. Digital Service. Nonetheless, um, I, I want to clarify that this doesn't mean that the U.S. is 
moving in front of the pack ahead of pioneering regions like Singapore or Denmark. In fact, most funding will probably go to transform outdated legacy systems or to provide training to reduce institutional reluctance to innovate and to fulfill the current shortfall in, in digital skills. Right, fantastic. And maybe now shifting the focus again to Europe for a bit. There has been a lot of talk about digital sovereignty during the Trump administration. These voices have been shut down a bit now that um, the Biden-Harris administration is in place. What um, What is your opinion on this? Do you see a future towards a digitally sovereign Europe? Or do, we, do you believe that collaboration with the United States is a better alternative? Well, I think that every country should, every country or region should aim to be uh, digitally sovereign, especially if we look at how critically important technology has been to ensure economic, social, and political resilience during the COVID-19 crisis. Um, we know that the European Union or Europe in general has not precisely been on the lead of the technological arms race. Nonetheless, when we talk about Europe becoming digitally sovereign and moving from being a regulatory power to a tech superpower, we tend to compare the region to the US, and that is fundamentally wrong, because in the US, there is a single common language, there is a cultural homogeneous population, and there is inherited traits that are beneficial for innovation, like um, the cross-connection, for example, between industry and universities, or a strong venture capital system capital ecosystem and culture, um, added to the fact that innovation tends to happen in clusters, and that is very hard to replicate in a context like the European. Um, nonetheless, I think that Europe's, Europe can focus on the second digital transformation wave, which will reinvent how we make things and solve problems. And I think that European governments are taking the chance. Um, GovTech spending in Europe already, uh, just alone in Europe, it stands at 22 billion euros. And also a significant amount of the world's governments with the strongest digital capabilities are in Europe, such as Estonia, Denmark, Norway, or the UK. Um, my top three key points for Europe to work on though, I think would be to harmonize regulation across countries, uh, boost the venture uh, capital industry in Europe, and invest in digital skills. Great. Sophia, sadly, we're running out of time. Would you give our listeners maybe the possibility where they can find you online or the IE Public Tech Lab as well? Yes, they can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Sofia Silva Carvalho. And they can also find um, all reports and research at the Public Tech Lab website. Right. Great. Thank you very much for being here today. Thank you so much, Simon. Thanks for the great questions. And thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you can leave a positive rating on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Twitter at ForumGovTech. Until next time, Simon. <laughs>